Welcome everyone to the podcast. My name is Muhammad Jama. And I am Ahmed Noor. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where we talk about the latest in our technology world. We are planning every week to go through one domain of our industry, be it software engineering in banking, healthcare, IoT, or cybersecurity, and discuss how it affects us and how can we get into that industry. Welcome to the podcast. So here we are, a year into coronavirus pandemic, and everywhere is shut down, the whole world is in lockdown. We all turn to Zoom and Google Meetup for work and to keep in touch during these difficult times. A young fella in Leicester saw something most of us didn't see, an opportunity out there, and he's my guest in this podcast episode. Salam Mukhtar, how are you, brother? Alhamdulillah, thank you for having me today. Oh, excellent, Mukhtar. First of all, congratulations on your big launch. Uh, we're really happy and stoked for you, man. Thank you so much. Uh, can, you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Uh, so my name is uh, Mukhtar Mahmoud. Um, I'm based in Leicester. Um, and I've been uh, sort of, uh, I've been inspired by the tech scene, I'd say, um, like a lot of people are. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it is a great opportunity. I've just graduated recently. When I say recently, it was 20, 2018. <laughs> I, don't count, I don't count 2020. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I've been, you know, I've been inspired and I thought this is the perfect opportunity to try something new um, while everything is, you know, all over the place. Um, so I thought, you know, take advantage of it and see what happens, inshallah. Mashallah. And you graduated in computer security, right? That's right. Yes. So, so what, what, what drove you to do computer security to start with? Is it, is it like you're talking about cyber security kind of stuff? Yes. Yes. It's the same thing. Yeah. So what, um, the way it started was that I originally, when, when I was applying for my degree, when I was starting uni, um, I came in um, uh, with, uh, I came into the computer security, computer science, sorry, uh, course. Mm-hmm. I started that in the first year and, and usually after the first year, they tell you to specialize. So either computer security, forensic computing, or um, to continue as a software engineer or something. So I realized, I thought to myself, okay, um, what I've noticed is a lot of times when you continue or, or graduate with a computer uh, science degree, it's not really uh, sort of specialized in any way. So you have to figure that out yourself. So yeah. I thought to myself, if I'm going to go to university, I might as well learn something that is a bit difficult to learn outside of a university. Um, so I thought computer, computer security would be a good, uh, uh, a good skill to have. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. And, and how did you find computer security from, from like a challenge? Was it a challenging course? Uh, yeah, at the beginning, I didn't really realize how in-depth it was uh, when I was going in. So I was a bit naive at the beginning. Um, and I remember the first lesson where they said to us that we're on a different network to the rest of the university. And they sort of gave us a bit of a warning saying, what you learned here, you have to use in the good, you know, um, uh, you have to use it <laughs> correct way. And I thought to myself, oh, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> so, so they, they really set this, uh, the tone at the beginning. Wow. So like with great powers comes great responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In other words. <laughs> but, but you dabbled a little bit in software engineering as well. You did some QA as well, as, as I uh, understand, right? That's right. Yeah. So in my family of university, I had the opportunity to join a Kickstarter company um, and they were not far away from where the campus was. Um, it was a good opportunity to sort of see what it was like working in a fast-paced uh, tech environment. Uh, they had an IoT product. It was quite interesting, actually. They had a, oh, a, yeah. a wireless meat thermometer. Yeah. Oh, so that, wow. Yes. This is weird. Yeah. They had a wireless meat thermometer. You put it in the you know, chicken breast, you put it in the oven, <laughs> and then the app will tell you when the meat is ready to, to come out. <laughs> it's very it's not something that you think is uh, you know the customers weren't from here <laughs> let's just say that it's, all the customers were americans 
uh, well, it's very it's very unique um, product. It, it was viral on uh, Kickstarter. Uh, they raised like nearly two million dollars um, for that product. So I thought it was quite you know sometimes there's opportunities everywhere that you don't really see or you're not exposed to. No, you're absolutely right. And, and was that your second year, third year? When when was that? Was that was my uh, my final year, third year. Yes, third year oh, university. Wow. I did that. Yeah. So 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 you kind of you got you kind of got stuck in you know excuse the bun you got you got really <laughs> stuck into it right yeah, exactly yeah I got, I got yeah so I thought it was it was the perfect time to because I thought you know when you when you're in a place like that is always even though you know everybody needs a part time job as a student um but sometimes yeah. if you could if you're lucky enough to find a part time role at a relevant you know a tech company or in your field that you're interested in it can always help you in your um in your prospective career in the future it's been incredibly helpful for applying for roles and things like that because of that uh, experience. Oh, wow, mashallah. So, so you got exposed to cybersecurity and uh, you did QA and you were in the IoT uh, scene as well. Uh, man, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing, man. So here you are, odds were stacked against you. Uh, in Leicester, with all respect, doesn't scream tech scene. And you sit in there thinking, I'll make this thing happen, Nuni. What is Nuni and what's with the name? Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird name. It's a bit of an interesting story. It's not my first attempt at a startup. The thing is, you know, it's like you say, in Leicester, there's not a real tech scene. They're trying now and they're trying to put money towards, you know, um, you know public sector events and things like that related to this to startups um, but there wasn't really you know it wasn't like London where they have Silicon Roundabout or something um, or <laughs> Berlin scene you know there wasn't really a, a real um, a strong scene and um, so the idea behind it was uh, I realized in my final year of university there was a lot of uh, communication issues between the lecturers and the students and um, so when I graduated uh, when I spoke to these lecturers I said like you know you you always send at the end of a module or a or a course you send a survey and nobody answers the surveys um, and then there's you know sometimes at the end of a lecture a, a lecturer will have you know a bunch of emails um, from students asking them questions about the lecture but they were too afraid to ask inside the lecture so I thought how can we solve that problem and so when I brainstormed with them they said oh if we have a live Q and A tool uh, that we could use inside the lecture room uh, so that we can address. Uh, problems um, uh, you know from the get-go um, and so I thought okay this is a really you know it's a really good idea it's a really strong idea um, so when I started developing it um, I ended up falling into a lot of bureaucracy with the uh, universities things of communication is very slow and it's difficult to find you know the right people to talk to um, uh, to get an idea moving so that was the the most difficult thing um, but mm-hmm. from that difficulty I was able to uh, network with uh, people from uh, TED Talks uh, that ended up testing it there that's how I ended up in the events uh, world so newly today is our live Q&A feedback and insights tool for uh, virtual events and um, and and in person events and hybrid events um, so anything to do with you know live Q&A feedback and surveys man that's that's amazing so hold on so so this whole thing started as a university project right is that is that what you're telling me it kind of yeah yeah so it was after yeah so after i left university i thought to myself okay i want to try and do a startup but what's the problem that i experienced and so that's that was the main thing that i, that I remembered and i thought okay let's work on this so it's like it was a university project but then it was after i graduated <laughs> but but, but that's, that's pretty amazing i mean honestly like uh, it's it's not it's not very uh, common that, you know, you, you are already struggling third year university. I know it's not an easy thing to do. You know, you got your exams, everything coming along. And at the same time, you are doing this uh, startup with IoT, working there. 
and then you found a need, right? So, so that was like, that was your, that was the light bulb, right? That was your need, the, the, the struggle, the problem that you were trying to solve, which was, uh, you know, the communication, bridging the communication between students and the lecturers, yeah? Yeah, yeah, exactly that, yeah. And then, of course, you know, when, when that happened, um, you know, that's, that year after I graduated, there was a lot happening. And then it was, you know, 2019, and I had to, of course, you know, find ways to, uh, of course, uh, sustain myself. So then I went into like a customer service role uh, part-time mm-hmm. while I was building this out um, at the beginning. And then um, the virus hit after that. So mm-hmm. that completely changed, <laughs> it changed everything. Oh, so, 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 okay. So the idea was before the pandemic, right? I mean, my God, mashallah, this is like the perfect storm. You know, the pandemic actually, you know, helped raise awareness for your, and and the needs for your, uh, for your product. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was yes and no, because at the time when it was a bit naive, because of course I've never done business like that, you know, um, to that extent anyway. So when I was, um, it was, it was, uh, we, we, you know, the challenge came across, um, you know, very early on. Um, so when the virus hit, we started thinking, oh, okay, how are we going to survive in this situation? Uh, because the main idea for the product was you had to physically be in a lecture room or you had to be at an event physically yeah. present. That's how it worked best. So we thought, okay, how are we going to stay uh, relevant in an online world? And then what we realized after lots of, talking with lots of different event organizers and just brainstorming and there was periods of time where we had a break because we honestly didn't know what we were doing <laughs> so I was thinking like, how are we going to survive in this situation um, and keep this uh, dream alive so what, what I ended up noticing was a lot of the time when people were promoting the, their virtual events they would always ask oh hey if you have any questions before the event email us in or if you have any questions please fill in this form and then afterwards then they would have the native Q&A tool inside Zoom or, you know, inside Teams or something, you'd have the chat mixed with the questions or Zoom has a separate Q&A function where the audience can ask questions, but they can't see other people's questions in a way. So they had the native tools that were different. Um, And then after the event, they had, you know, oh, you know, tweet us if you have any other questions or email us in if you want follow up conversations or and also fill in this form. So there's like so many different avenues or so many different channels for one event that a customer would um, or potential uh, attendee would be communicating um, with the person um, the organizers with. So we thought, how can we consolidate all of that engagement into one place? And so that's how we thought, Okay, that's how we there's our door in um, uh, to provide value because we thought okay if we can collect the questions before the event use the use the you know the, um, engage them before the event has even started so everybody's hyped up but they can see the questions they can upvote it before the event has already started then they can ask their questions in the event you know live and then when the event is over then they can get some feedback and even ask follow-up questions afterwards as well so we thought if we can you know have all of that communication happening in one place um it would be so much easier for the organizer because they just have one place to manage everything and the main difference uh, that doesn't exist or they didn't exist at the moment was how can you visualize this data these questions and um, uh, interaction that i'm getting there's no way for them to visualize it so we created a, a user interface dashboard where they can actually view how the engagement is happening um, uh, throughout the lifespan of the event so we thought okay there's there's our our foot into the door. That's how we're going to survive. <laughs> well, it's amazing. So, so, okay. Okay. Let me get this right. So here you are, you had your new product and then the pandemic hit, shattered your dreams. However, you've seen, you've seen, you've seen like, how could I put this? So you have seen the, you managed to pivot your product and seen good thing in this pandemic and you managed to pivot your product to be able to, you know, 
cater and, and work towards the pandemic and help people in the pandemic to make sense of their uh, overall engagement with their customers. I mean, that's, that was, man, so when was that? How did that happen? Who's, and who's we? Who's, who's with you in this project? Oh, yeah. Um, so was, I'm, I'm, I have a co-founder. His name is David. Um, and he's from uh, East Europe, actually. He's from the country called Slovenia. Uh, he's 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 my age as well, um, and the way we met was is an interesting story because originally in two thousand around two thousand nineteen, I was uh, trying to learn to code myself. So I thought to myself, I'm not gonna pay. I got a quote from someone. I did the 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 um, the classic move for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, which is go and get a quote <laughs> to get somebody to build an app. Which is just now when I think about it in hindsight, it's a very stupid move. But what I did was, oh, I went and I got a quote. And the person quoted me something like four thousand pounds to build an app. The, wow! And it was, it was yeah, it's like it's really bad. Um, but then of course there's so many things like that shouldn't have been my first move. I haven't even validated the idea at that point. So it was, it was just you know it was I, I started it the wrong way. But because of naivety, um, mm-hmm. I was I thought to myself, okay, you know what? If it can't be that hard, I thought to myself, let me just go and uh, learn to code myself. Crack. Yeah, let me let me have a shot at this myself. Um, so what I did is uh, I'm grateful that I tried. Uh, I spent about eight months or something uh, t- uh, teaching myself to code. Um, so I did end up learning to code, but then the complexity of the software itself, I realized that in order for me to speed this up, I would need somebody who's already gone through the trial and errors that I'm trying to go through now uh, and has that experience. Mm-hmm. So there's a platform called IndieHackers.com uh, that, I, you know, that I encourage anybody that's interested in startups to look up. IndieHackers.com is a platform for you know, anybody that's interested in startups or you, whether you're a developer or a business person or a designer, um, you go there and you find a bunch of people you know, with side hustles on the internet um, and everybody just goes on there and asks each other for help and you know, get ideas and things like that. It's like a forum. It's like a Reddit in a way. Yeah. So what, what I did is I went on there and I said, hey, I've got this idea. This is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a, um, a co-founder um, uh, who's, uh, you know, who specializes in tech and, and has this particular tech stack. Um, uh, and then I just put it out there and then I had a few interested people, but David was the one that outshone everybody else because he was the closest to me and he was also the most, um, uh, he, 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 the problem, he could relate to the problem. He was a recent graduate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he related the problem and then we started brainstorming ways to, to approach it. So, you know, um, I'm grateful to that we, that, you know, I connected with him because we've been working together amazingly well um, over the past year. Oh, wow. MashaAllah. And, and, and okay, so you said the interesting word there, which is validating your idea. How did you manage to validate your idea? What, what was the moment that you said, okay, yeah, this will blow up. I'll be able to do this. Yeah, uh, well, it's a very good question. Um, the, uh, the lifespan of the whole project was quite different. I tried to do customer first, like as in approach the problem from the perspective of a customer. Um, but of course, I didn't start off in that way exactly. I did speak to the lecturers and they, they you know, said, yeah, we have this problem, but I only spoke to like two or three of them. So it wasn't like a real uh, understanding of the problem. But if I look at the way it is today or the way we validated this version, it was based on just customer conversations. There's a book called uh, The Mom Test uh, by Rob Fitzpatrick. He talks about how to communicate with a uh, with potential customers or how to validate an idea, um, and he calls it the mom test because your mom is always going to say yes <laughs> to an idea. She'll always support you. <laughs> She'll always have your back. But you got you have to be able to decipher, uh, or you you need to be able to know what questions to ask. Uh, you know, so you don't lead somebody on. So I can't say, hey, Mohammed, do you think this is a great idea? I'm already leading you on to say yes. <laughs> so it's like, how can you, 
structure your questions in a, in a proper way for the customer to then for you to then analyze their answers to the person um, that you that you're speaking to um and then use that to validate the uh your, you know assumptions so what i did is i started using that as a reference and i started having as many conversations as i could to as many people as i could find that were hosting events from you know community people to business people to you know all sorts of people um, mm. in public and private sector so based on those conversations um and those trial and errors i was able to say okay you know what these are the things that are most that i've had the most from or these are the problems that they've identified the most so there's clearly there might be an opportunity right here so that's the way that i try to um, approach it amazing amazing so you went all school and you bought a book and you read the book as well that's something <laughs> it, it doesn't really happen nowadays to be honest mashallah that's quite uh, mashallah may allah give you more patience i mean that's yeah. that must have took some time and patience to be able to you know abide your time and be able to think it through in a way uh, strategic way you know you're coming from uh, it didn't work with the university uh, for whatever reason you managed to pivot it and then you went out you bought a book that will tell you how to engage and validate with your customers or potential customers and from there on you took the techniques and you started applying them as very very methodical way of doing it what was your uh, like if we think about like actually before that you never told us what's with the name oh yes Oh yeah, <laughs> the name. So the way it started off was uh, because he was in education and universities. Newly, I thought, okay, how about the the is a play on new university or new version of yourself. So we thought you come into a lecture, you're an old version. So after the lecture, you're supposed to be a new you. So I thought, okay, new me. I thought, and then we just threw it together, and it, and it's easy to look at, easy to remember that the name was available as well. So I thought, okay, let's just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 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 really amazing. And what was, what was your uh, fork in the road? Like, what was the biggest setback that you had to overcome? Yeah, the biggest, like, yeah, is, is the virus. Like, the, the biggest setback was the virus. It's still a setback in a way <laughs> um, because we still know that, yes, the, the, the product is incredibly valuable in, in terms of, you know, in virtual events and things like that because, because of the people that are using it today. But we know that once is, is a matter of just survival. So I thought that was the biggest thing like how can you survive we were challenged with you know when, when a pandemic or, or a problem like this happens early on usually it happens when a company is matured where they can then figure out okay how can we survive this this period but this happened really early on before we even started the company we already uh, you know our game was thrown off so we had to figure out how can we survive in this case so if we can survive this year we feel mm -hmm. like then and things get back to normal then um, uh, inshallah it will be a it'll be smooth sailing from then on so the most the most yeah the biggest hiccup or the biggest thing was figuring out uh, the exact or the core core value proposition of nuni and then sticking to that and getting rid of all the other fluff and all the other nice to haves and then just it's like it's like being patient like you were saying earlier like how can we continue to remain patient um, uh, you know, um in, in a period like this and not get you know the they call it the shiny object syndrome <laughs> so how can you you know stop avoid you know going into other things and and you know other things that look shiny and look nice and adding you know little fluff and extra features and just stick to the core and the value proposition wow that's 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 a good advice so yeah just work work, work on your first top you know work on the why work on the main the main reasons that you started this thing and forgot about you know extra features try to nail your 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 initial proposition you know that's 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 a great advice man <laughs> <laughs> they call it um 
there's a they usually say MVP like a minimum yeah. viable product but there's another thing called a simple lovable complete which basically means like instead of shipping something that's like half-hearted or incomplete how about you you ship something that's complete so instead of your goal is to build a car but start off, start off with a bike so the whole thing is lacking so it's like that's the approach that we're trying to go for simple lovable complete whereas it's it works completely the whole thing is completely functional we've never had you know until we've recently launched it in the in the past year we never completely built something we always had a feature that we were testing so we thought hey let's just stop doing just features and let's build a product that works so that's the approach that we thought okay this will inshallah be the, be the one that works mashallah and that's a classic agile software development mentality where you know if you want to build a car you give them a skateboard in the first iteration and then you give them a bicycle then you give them a scooter and then you give them the car right so that's it yeah, it's, it's a good way to look at it. If you had, so let's say if you, if I give you right now an extra, uh, I don't know, X amount of budget, for example, let's say if you get half a million, yeah, how would you spend it on this product? Oh, fantastic. Uh, half, that would be amazing. The first thing that we'd probably do is... Well, Maybe it's a lot, half a million. <laughs> <laughs> even if we cut a zero, say 50,000. <laughs> okay. Even, even uh, the, mo- the majority of that, probably 50% or more would probably go towards marketing and, you know, just getting our voice out there. Uh, you know, the, the virtual space now, the virtual event space is probably the, the most, um, I would say the most competitive at the moment, uh, the digital space. Uh, every day, every week, we hear about a new, uh, you know, Zoom alternative that comes out. Like every yeah. single day, there's, there's there's a version of that coming, you know, coming out. And yeah. the product is never, you know, I'm never completely happy with where it is. So there's always things I want to do. Like the next iteration, we hopefully is we want to integrate with Zoom inside Zoom, so it works, you know, internally inside Zoom, so you don't have to have it open on a browser, for example. So mm-hmm. there's small things like that that we don't have the time or the capacity internally to be able to do that. Um, so there's there's small things like that that I would probably be spending the most uh, the, the the money towards. But it'd be marketing first, and then secondly, it'd probably be development. Development, of course, always never ending. Uh, what would be your good? So, what's your marketing strategy right now? What are you focusing yeah. on? Yeah, at the moment, uh, the main thing is we just want this to be in the hands of as many people as possible. So, the main strategy for marketing at the moment has just been direct marketing. So, you know, emailing the classic. You look online, yeah. we start emailing people. Um, there's cool things that we could use, you know, little strategies like um, there's one function that I really enjoy recently is it's called LinkedIn content. So on, on the LinkedIn search, you can use keywords. Um, yeah. And then we use those keywords and we see a bunch of people posting about events and things that they're doing. And then we just, um, you know, we, we, I just go and I contact them the classic way. I find the email and I just shoot them an email and say, hey, we're building this thing. Are you interested in trying it out? Um, and then hopefully trying to convert people that way. Um, another strategy that we've started to get a lot of interest in is Clubhouse, um, which sounds a bit surprising. But what we've realized is Clubhouse, of course, is only audio. It's an audio only social platform. Um, and then there's a lot of people doing Q&As on there. Um, but not every listener can actually go on stage and ask a question. So it, we've had a few people, about two people that have said they wanted to try it uh, in a Clubhouse setting. So that's just an area. It's really early to say right now, but that could be an opportunity to uh, for growth. MashaAllah. That's amazing, man. MashaAllah. Uh, wish you all the best, man. Inshallah. That's, it seems to be you have, uh, you have, you have your strategy or everything uh, nailed down. Uh, are you doing the whole thing? Are you doing the tech, the marketing, the business, or what's, what's the kind of the split of duties? Yeah, uh, the split. 
Yeah, the split round, I'm more of the, um, at the moment, the way it works is um, I'm more the marketing. So I'm sort of the, I'm trying to go out there. So I'm a bit more exposed. If you look at Nuni, you'll probably see my face with it somewhere. <laughs> yes. The, 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 yeah. And then the other, and David is more behind the scenes. So he's focusing on the product itself. Um, mm. And we also have a help from another person who's uh, marketing. So that person is helping us out with uh, social media and, uh, you know, and other marketing um, related activities. Uh, what about the money? Who handles all the finance stuff? Uh, yeah, he's uh, from my side as well. Yeah, I, so I'm handling all that the paperwork or the, the the legal and the finances, if you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, that so 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 that must have been um, a huge learning curve there. You know, how 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 did that happen? Like, how did uh, what did you have to do to learn all that stuff? Oh, definitely. That was probably it. Was the first challenge was establishing. If you don't have a company, there's there's it's just it stops you from a lot of things. Um, to try like you know places that you can sign up with or things that you could um, do uh, to build an actual um, product. So what I did is I got really lucky. Um, I had a friend of mine who contact who connected me with the with an accountancy that they worked at, and then uh, that accountancy gave us uh, an address, which was so important. So they gave us an address and established the company for us for free. So we had that we had that um, company established for about I'll say probably a, a year before I even started doing anything, or I mean, I mean six months before I even started doing anything you know real mm-hmm. and with it. So we had that um, uh, sorted out there. And anytime I needed help with accounting or anything, I'll just go and I'd meet with the uh, with the accountant that ran the company there, uh, and then he would really he'd be very helpful. So uh, I'm I'm really grateful to him. <laughs> so without him, I don't think we would have been able to do a lot of the things that we did. <laughs> but, but but at the same time, you are learning how to do this stuff on your own as well, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There, I've been networking with a few people. There's one other um, accountant that um, I've uh, built a rapport with. He's helped out with um, uh, our, our books or how to, you know, how to make sure that, you know, when, when we do start creating, you know, revenue and things like that, how do you then manage your books and, you know, taxes and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, he's been helpful to give us free um, uh, free advice like that as well. So there's a few people that I'd, I'd, I've had to uh, lean on um, and, and charm in a way <laughs> to try and get them to, 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 to help me out. Oh, mashallah, mashallah, mashallah. I mean, you know, it, it must have not been like that rosy, like, and you had people all the time. You, what was the worst moment? Like the moment that you said, you know, I'm going to give up on this whole thing. Did you ever had that moment? <laughs> yeah yeah oh, uh, there's uh, enough times <laughs> so, <laughs> i can probably the the one i always refer back to is before i i connected with david uh, my co-founder that was probably the toughest period um which was summer summer 2019 and this was around the time when i was having more in-depth conversations with my local university and we were thinking of like trialing out with them and things like that i this was i was on my own at that point and I, you know, I was trying to develop this thing. I had this freelancer uh, that I hired to do, to basically clean, clean the code that I, that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, he was helping me clean it. And then I launched this really weird sort of version of, of Nunia, like a, it was a true MVP version, but it wasn't like, it wasn't really solving any problem in a way. So it was really misguided, uh, the, the, what, I, what I built at that point. And then it was a really low point because it was, I didn't know what I was doing. So it was a, it was a lot of, like, oh, I'm on my own. I'm trying to, you know, build this thing here. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> and I'm working this part-time customer service role when I just graduated. So I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing in my life? <laughs> I'm sitting here, what do you call it, with this half-hearted uh, product and this dream that just seems so far away. Um, and and I'm no real uh, direction of what I'm trying to do. Um, so it was, it, was a, it was a deep, deep rut that I had to sort of <laughs> climb, <laughs> climb 
uh, climb out of. Well, alhamdulillah, um, probably a, about a, a month, two months of that. And then I met uh, David, who was really risky because, you know, it's difficult when you don't know the people that everybody around me, you know, in Leicester or, you know, in, in England, for some reason, there wasn't, I couldn't find anybody that was, you know, available to, or it's, it's a tough ask. You can imagine if you're saying to somebody, hey, join this weird dream here is, I don't know if it's going to be real or not. And I can't pay you any money, but here's an FD in a company that doesn't exist. So <laughs> are you willing to sacrifice your evenings and weekends to build this thing here? So it was, it's a tough ask, you know, it's a tough ask. Um, yeah. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't easy. So I got really lucky to find that man, David. It was, it was the biggest challenge, the biggest well, challenge, uh, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and who helped you the most during the period before you found David? Was there someone that you lent, you know, someone you were leaning on? Who helped you the most? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Probably the most. Um, to us, uh, from when I look at it, those the main places that was was that forum was really helpful. Oh, there was one friend. Yes, before I forget about him, um, there was a, there's a company in Turkey called uh, User Guiding, um, and and I met this guy. Um, his name is Matt. Uh, he's one of the co-founders of, of that um, product. It's a it's basically it's a software that helps you. You know, when you sign up to a new product and it gives you the walkthrough. Yeah. Um, so their software, that's what their software does for your startup. Um, and then, so when I connected with him, he was quite, they quite, they were doing quite well online. And I just reached out to him and I said, Hey, I'm trying to, you know, work on this thing. Do you have any advice? So I'd lean on him quite a lot. Um, and then I went to Turkey for holiday. Um, after this is after I, I connected with David though, when I went there, I thought, Hey, he's here. So let me connect with him. So I spent like an hour or two with him and his, his company and his other co-founders and, and really brainstorming ideas and, and, and things like that for, for, uh, for launching until today. He, he was the one that connected me with the person that helped me launch a product on product hunt a couple of weeks ago. So he's been instrumental in helping me um, um, launch it. Definitely. MashaAllah. And how was the experience, man, launching on Product Hunt? You know, that's like uh, the holy grail, MashaAllah. Yeah, well, like that, that was, it was nerve wracking, well, like, um, because on, on Product Hunt is a hit or miss. Uh, sometimes, mm. you know, the, the day you launch, uh, there could be other major companies that are launching as well. So you don't really, you know, have a real success from it. Um, yeah. But when I connected with, uh, you know, Kevin, the guy who, uh, who hunted us, it was, it was, it was a big deal because usually he's, he's quite a difficult guy to get, a, to get a hold of. Um, so when I connected with him through, uh, Matt, uh, user from, from user guiding, um, and then there was a lot of preparation that had to go into it. I was thinking of creating a video. That's what usually people do to succeed, but I didn't have enough, uh, uh time or ability to actually, um, uh, to create these, uh, you know, info infotainment videos. But yeah. what I did is, um, when we did launch on that day, you know, um, I'd spent a lot of time trying to, you know, uh, get as many people as I can to, um, upvote and things like that. Um, we didn't, we didn't completely fail, uh, but we didn't reach the top five. So we were sort of hanging around the mid section um, but it was enough to be on the home page and visible uh, yeah. which did, it drove like nearly 300 people um, uh, that came to check out wow. yeah, we had like 20 people sign up to try it out and things like that so it was, it was enough to say the good thing about product hunt is is, is 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 a great way to say hey i'm here and it's a nice way to expose yourself to to the wider community um, and people of interest so it was nice because a few of the people that did find us from product that ended up converting um, uh, to trials and things like that so it was it was nice um, it was a nice place to to definitely launch. Oh man, mashallah, amazing! <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing, man. I, I, yeah, that's 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 uh, you know, it's it's it just it just uh, it's just amazing. It's really when when you 
it's just the only word that could describe your, you know, what you went through and what you're doing and how you managed to, Thank you know, mashallah, doing what you're doing. You know, it's, it's, uh, is, is there one thing you wish you had known before you began this whole thing? Oh, well, I definitely, definitely. There's so many things I wish I knew. <laughs> uh, I think, well, when, I, when I think back at it, um, if I knew what, if I knew what I knew now, then um, I really don't think I would have done it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I really think about it, because sometimes, uh, you know, when they say ignorance is bliss. Yes. Is, I can see why they say that, because when, when, you, when you're ignorant, you do things, uh, you, you're brave enough to, to try things. Uh, but when you, when you do know, when you, when you have, you know, a reality like, hey, this thing's not going to be easy. Uh, you then and you're in it at that moment then you're like you know what I might as well keep going to get out of this because there's no point going backwards um, so there was a lot of that um, uh, uh, you know um, uh, thinking behind it but at the beginning if I if I was to do it again um, mm. I would have worked more on validating the problem earlier on and I would have um, uh, built I would have had more conversation than I've had um, with customers and potential customers and mm. uh, that's the first thing before I even wrote a line of code the first thing I would have done is is find a bunch of people that were interested. So I would have, you know, built a tiny little, you know, landing page somewhere um, with an email collection list or something and then just start talking to people and getting them to sign up. Because I realized like if you don't have a, a, a base to launch to some form of audience that you can connect with, then is is very, is very, you're going to have a very difficult time and is more, you're more prone to failure. So that's one thing that you need yeah. an evangelist. Evangelists, that's what you need, yeah. You need those evangelists. They're really important to really get you to validate the problem uh, early on. And also just to have, um, to start with the problem. They call it product market fit, but then it's like you have to have a problem product fit as well. So you have to figure out the problem. Is it a real problem, first of all? Like, um, and there's, there's, this, uh, there's this analogy that people use where they say, is your company a, or is your product a, a painkiller or a vitamin? Because mm -hmm. if it's a vitamin, then it's a nice to have. But if it's a painkiller, then you're solving a real, real problem. So that way you, you're, you're more likely to succeed if you've got a painkiller, especially in this market today. Uh, who would have been able to predict that there's going to be a world pandemic and it's going to throw everything, you know, uh, to the side? So that was that was one thing that I would, I would definitely do. Um, but Alhamdulillah, I, w I wouldn't um, complain because back then I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do career wise and, and things like that. So there was a lot of just dreams and wishy-washy thoughts that I, that I, that I had. That I said, okay, this is what I want to do in, for my career uh, when I launched, because I didn't want to, um, you know, I really, I, I don't know. I had like, so, sort of this idea where I wanted to go and I wanted to try, you know, building a startup or trying, you know, these really cool things I've read about on tech because when I, when, you know, when, when things, you know, I had the, when I, when I sell down later on, it's going to be a bit more difficult to, to be able to, to have the opportunity to do that. So I thought, let me fail now <laughs> before I fail later on. What well, you, you mean? Let me learn now. Let me learn now. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, mashallah, mashallah. So just to um, bring it back to the Somali European society and how, you know, could we help our uh, brother and sister? I mean, your idea is unique, but it's not really a geo-restricted. Like, you know, a brother or a sister back at home can, can have a path to develop something, you know, as unique as your idea and be able 100%. to do a successful startup. 100%, yes. There's a, they call it the, there's a new thing that they call the shared economy uh, that they're saying is the future of work. And, and I really think it's, it's true. Or they call it, there's another, another word for it is the passion economy where they say 
um, a lot of because the internet has democratized uh, job creation or all the jobs that you can that you can have all you need is a laptop and an internet connection and I truly believe uh, that we'll see in the next uh, decade we're going to see a lot of interesting uh, you know verticals that people are going to be building products for and um, even the people back home inshallah in, in Somalia there's so many problems that you can solve uh, back home with with software uh, you know there's there's areas that haven't been touched um, or there's, there's, there's problems out there or there's things that you could, that are inefficient that you can create efficiency through software with, um, with a small bit of know-how. And there's a huge movement called no-code now, which makes it even easier to try things. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. Like Nuni right now, it costs less than $80 to a month to run. So it's like, it's incredibly cheap and the upside is incredibly high. So you don't have to do this full time. There's no uh, obligation to do that. And uh, you could have, you know, there's so many people I see online now that run these successful internet first online uh, businesses, but they still have full time jobs. Like I, like I'm employed uh, full time now. I've recently gone back to work and like, and I'm still running a startup. So with, with these types of products, they're, 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 they're self-service first, which means people can go on there, use the product, sign up to it, use it, and everything they need is there already. It's pre-built and, and it's self-service. So this is going to be the future of, of, of work where people have multiple sources of income um, and they're going to have these little you know, um, online businesses that are creating and base, covering their basic costs um, in the future. So I, I, if I was to um, implore anything, I would 100% tell the people um, that were listening or people back home to really learn something online. You don't have to be a coder. I'm not a coder. You can go out there, you can find people, you can network. If you have communication skills and you have um, uh, ambition and, you, and you're creative with it and you're interested in learning about product development, then you know the, the, the world's your oyster or the internet's your oyster. <laughs> Oh, mashallah, that's a great advice. By the way, to all our listeners, uh, Mukhtar is, uh, Mukhtar, are you 23? Yes, I'm 23, yes. Mashallah. Are, are, you, are you the weird guy in your friends? You know, people, your age group don't really think about startups. You know, what was the reaction from friends and family when you told them, hey, I'm going to do a startup? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm the you know every every friend friend group has a dad. I'm the dad in my group. <laughs> but the, the way that um you know with my friends um that we not everybody not all of them are are in tech um especially the ones I grew up with, um but you know you always have oh, I have this one friend of mine uh, his name's Ahmed Abdi shout out to him uh he, he's got a podcast as well Checkmate Theory uh, he's uh he's oh, nice. where's his podcast my, again so people uh, check, yeah Checkmate Theory it's called Checkmate yeah. Theory guys listen to Checkmate Theory. Top top bloke, well, like he's, he's Somali as well. Somali brother Ahmed Abdi. He's uh, he's helped me uh, a lot with brainstorming, you know, um, and having somebody like that to lean on, somebody in my circle in my friendship group uh, to really like he with him we've been you know talking for the past couple of years and we've really gone closer, especially now because we're both in the, this space and we're both interested in in this passion economy types of thing and SaaS products and all this sort of stuff. So we've been brainstorming ideas and, you know, coming up with things and, and yeah. So definitely it's like, there's not a huge amount of people and um, just him and, and a friend, another friend of mine called Suli, he's not Somali though, but he, uh, he's a, uh, he runs a company called complex. Uh, he runs a web agency. He's a young brother. He's 22 years. Um, and he runs a web agency with a few employees as well now. So he's done really well for himself and just having those types of people around, that I can connect with and brainstorm and talk through problems with is, has been really, uh, really powerful. Wow, it's, it's amazing. So, so validating your idea, getting an evangelist and working on your strategy 
and having and having a good bunch of people to rely on and finding a mentor these kind of were like the secret ingredients to your success mashallah right definitely yeah. yes definitely <laughs> that's great i mean mukhtar thank you very much for joining us any any last words anything that you want to tell all our listeners uh, yeah um i'll say the only thing i'll say is um to uh try things i'll think i'll say i'll say that's the one thing that i hope people would take away from our conversation is to not um uh, you know to go with their passion find what they find interesting or you know pursue what they find interesting i mean um and just try out things because the way that the world is going today um especially now in the past year uh, a lot has changed and a lot will continue to change in the next uh, in the following year inshallah uh, i'd say take advantage and um, uh, put yourself first and and inshallah you, you could all hopefully go go back home and do something there or even do something in the communities that we're in here um, in the cities that we live in and the countries that we live in um just look keep your eyes open you know try things out you know don't you know don't don't shy away from things that you're passionate about and inshallah you'll find success amazing well said well said mukhtar well thank you everyone for listening and uh, goodbye